Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hey everyone, I'm Steve. I'm a recovering addict and compulsive gambler. I'd like to get into the reasons why I'm going to start this podcast. Um, I've been bet free for just about six months. My last day to bet was 5 to 21. And podcasts have been a major, major help in my recovery. Before I found GA, before I found my problem gambling support group, all I had were podcasts. I had All in the Addicted Gamblers podcast that Brian and Jeff run. I had the After Gambling podcast that Jamie runs. And those two podcasts have been helpful in these six months, but especially in my first weeks of recovery. It was the first thing I found. I'm a truck driver, so I spend a lot of time in my truck making deliveries. And all I had were my thoughts. And at first, all I could do was beat myself up constantly. So instead of continuing to do that, I wanted to seek help in some way. I um, just searched out gambling problem on Spotify. And the first one I came across was Jamie's After Gambling Podcast and listened to that and listened to Brian and Jeff's. And to me, podcasting is just incredibly important in the recovery community, whether it has to do with gambling or addiction to drugs like heroin, cocaine, whatever, whatever you're addicted to, no matter what it is, whatever your problem is, I find that podcasting, at least for myself, has been very helpful along with therapy and meetings. Uh, another reason why I'm doing this is because I was addicted to daily fantasy sports. Um, really, the basketball end of it was my really bad problem with it. Um, it was several years. Um, I've been caught twice. And um, when I went to search for gambling problems, I was searching. And like I said, I found Jamie's and um, Brian and Jeff's uh, all in the Addicted Gamblers podcast and After Gambling podcast. Um, and I heard a lot of stories, but I didn't hear a lot of stories about daily fantasy sports. I heard a lot of poker stories and slot machines and the casino stuff. You know, occasionally I hear somebody talking about sports betting, but it's not the same thing. To me, it was DraftKings and FanDuel. And, you know, to me, I'm worried that it's going to become a huge problem. I'm sure it already is. I know I'm not the only one who's been addicted to this. Um, you know, I see in these contests hundreds of thousands of people entering them, and I know I'm not the only one, even though in my addiction I thought I was the only one. So uh, that's the main reason why I started this podcast. I'm really going to talk about all addictions because I've been addicted to many other substances, uh, the worst being heroin, but I've been addicted to cocaine. I've been addicted to every type of pain pill you could imagine, you know, just down the list. I've done everything. But my most recent addiction has been the gambling, daily fantasy sports. So that's going to be the main focus of this podcast, at least in the beginning. And then I'll see where it goes from there. Um, you know, I, I wanted to start this also because I can see the trend. You know, when I first started, daily fantasy was only available in a few states, whatever it was, 10, 15, uh, and New York was one of them. And now it seems to be legal in just about every state. And now they have sports betting and casinos, and it's just going to get worse. 
I can see it. I, it's, I, I still see the ads on my phone. I see ads and Spotify podcasts and every podcast you can listen to. So I know it's going to be a problem. And I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that have had an addiction to daily fantasy sports. And, you know, gambling is gambling no matter what it is. But, you know, I just felt the need to talk about this. You know, I was listening to Craig Carton's podcast, uh, not podcast, his radio show recently. And he had someone on there from FanDuel. I think it was the chief marketing officer about how they're going to start doing a responsible gambling campaign. And one thing that really, you know, bothered me was, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they are trying to do something. I know when I was playing, they never tried to do anything to try to help out someone like me who obviously had a problem. But uh, he said something like only 2% of their users are going to have problems with it. And to me, that has to be completely, uh, that's just it's such a low number. I don't believe it. I'm sure there are going to be hundreds of thousands of us that have problems with this. And, you know, we all chase that top prize, just like everybody in gambling. We all think we're going to win a jackpot. We all think we're going to win big. But the difference between us and someone who can gamble responsibly is no matter how much you win, it doesn't matter. You know, I've, I've won some fairly, you know, sizable, you know, I never won a, a jackpot per se, but I've won enough where I should have taken it off. But every time you win, you think you're going to win more. You think you've got it. You think you've got it down. Um, and, and for me, for a while, I didn't even realize that daily fantasy sports was gambling. Uh, at the time, in 17 and 18, they were trying to pitch it as a, uh, a game of skill. And I guess technically it is a game of skill, just like poker is a game of skill, but it's still gambling. Um, so, you know, I, I started by playing free fantasy sports on ESPN, and I would play season long with my best friend and some other people uh, in the football leagues. And I did that for years without a problem. Um, I actually did well in those leagues. Um, so, which is why I thought I could do well when I eventually started playing FanDuel at first. Um, so you're almost trained from a younger age, or at least I was. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, I played for years without actually putting money into it. Aside from my $75 a year, I would put into my, my yearly league. So, you know, you don't see it as gambling. You see it as fun with your friends. You see it as just something to enhance the sport. Whereas if you go into a casino, you know you're gambling. You're pressing a button on a slot machine. You're playing blackjack. You know it's gambling. Um, with daily fantasy sports, I didn't see it at first. The whole first time uh, I played before I got caught from my wife, I didn't even see it as an addiction. And after she caught me, I didn't see it as an addiction either. So I'll go into depth about how I've been caught and what happened the first time and the, the second time more in future episodes. Um, I just really wanted to talk about why I'm doing this and kind of bring attention to the fact that daily fantasy is just going to explode. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about gambling in general. I mean, gambling destroys lives. It's the, it's the hidden addiction. It's the silent addiction. You know, when I was a heroin addict, you could see it in me. You could see I lost the weight. You could see the track marks on my arms. You know, um, 
I was visibly sick in the morning if I didn't have my drugs. With gambling, I could hide it. And the second time I hid it for almost two years without without anyone noticing. Um, and if my wife hadn't have, you know, stumbled upon it, I don't know how long I would have gone gambling. I'm so happy she did catch me because I'm so happy about where I am today. Um, with Without being on this road to recovery, I, I would not have the self-confidence that I have today. You know, for years I lived with shame from my previous drug addictions and and a lot I'll get into as, as the podcast goes on. But, um, you know, I mean, I plan to have guests on here. I plan to talk about what's going on in the gambling community. I plan to, you know, talk to old friends with other, you know, drug addictions in the past. It's, I'm not going to focus just on gambling, but I'm going to spend a lot of time on it because I think it's important. I, I can see billboards popping up everywhere. I I just think this is very important for us to talk about. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that have problems with gambling, have problems with daily fantasy sports. And when you're in it, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like who else would behave like this? Um, I know that was the hardest thing with me coming to grips with the fact that this was an addiction. You know, like I said, when I used heroin, you could see that I was visibly sick. But I also knew that there were many other people addicted to it. I knew I wasn't the only one. I was using it with other people. With this, nobody knew. I didn't tell one person about my problem. I didn't tell one person I was playing daily fantasy sports. You know, I had convinced myself that if I had won a big enough jackpot, I would take it out and tell my wife and seem like a big shot, you know, because I had felt shame and not good about myself in the past. Now in recovery, I don't feel that way. I love who I am today and I wouldn't change one bit of it. I've come to grips with the fact I'm an addict and a recovering we're compulsive gambler. For years, I could not come to grips with that. But anyways, like I was saying, you know, in my addiction to gambling, I thought I was the only one doing these things where I would put hundreds of dollars on and lose it. And then the next day, put a thousand dollars on and lose half of it, but still deposit four more times in a day. And take 401k loans out and sell stock. And all I kept saying was, what kind of person does this? You're a terrible person for doing this. You're lying to your family. You're lying to your wife. And you think the only way to get out of it and to fix it is to continue on gambling, which seems crazy to continue the exact, you know, harmful behavior you're doing in hopes of getting yourself out of it. Uh, I've talked to several people about this, um, and I've heard Jeff from All In talk about this a lot, where, you know, gambling is the only addiction that you have that potential, or at least you believe you have that potential to get out of it or to fix your situation. You know, you can't continue shooting heroin to improve your life and get out of your heroin addiction. You can't continue injecting or snorting cocaine to get out of your addiction. Um, with gambling, you think that if you get a big enough win or have enough of a win streak, you can get out of it. 
Uh, and when you're in deep like that and you've got all that shame and, and you have that hatred for yourself, you think that's the only way that you're going to be a better person or, or, or whatever it is, you know. Uh, I'm just happy to be out of it. It was it was it was awful. Um, but I love being in recovery now. I do several things. I do mostly Zoom, GA and problem gambling support groups. Um, and I also go to therapy. There are going to be some numbers I'll give out at the end where you can call and connect to your local council, connect to your um, local gambling council, and they will hopefully point you in the right direction of finding a counselor to help you. I found one in this area that my wife and I both go to, and it's changed our lives. I just saw him this morning. I see him just about every uh, Saturday morning. And he's really, really helped me get over the guilt and the shame of it. So that's one thing I'll talk about in this episode is, is uh, the shame that a lot of us feel when we're in any addiction, you know. But I'll tell you, the shame that I felt gambling, the shame that I felt for many things was overwhelming. And I didn't realize just how overwhelming it was really until I started going to therapy and working past it. So I talk about this a lot in my groups, the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is feeling badly about something that we've done. And that's normal. We should feel bad about a bad choice we've made. Um, but you can get over that. You can work past that. You can try to fix it. You know, that's guilt. Shame is feeling like you at your core, you are a bad person. And you're not. No matter what you've done, no matter, you know, unless you've really, really physically hurt someone, you can come back from it. You know, you are not a bad person, no matter what you've done in your gambling. I lied to my wife for years. Uh, I spent tens of thousands of dollars gambling and, and so many other things that I just could not get over. But when I walked into my first therapist appointment and he asked me who I was and I started talking and in the first five minutes, he didn't say a word. He just listened to me talk. I could see him writing notes. And when he interjected, he said, Steve, in the first five minutes, you've mentioned the word shame 10 times because that's what, that's what I felt. I felt such shame for what I had done. And that's when we went over the definitions. And shame is you feeling like you yourself are a bad person. You're undeserving of love. You're undeserving of the good things in life. And that really struck struck a chord with me. You know, it, it took a lot more therapy to get to where I am, but I no longer feel the shame that I felt. I will feel sometimes the guilt of the bad choices I've made, but that's not even, that, that's not even really that bad anymore. You know, I've gotten past it, but I know I'm not a bad person. I know I'm a good person at heart. I, you know, the people in my life know me as a very loving, kind person. And just because you're an addict, just because you've gotten caught up in an addiction does not make you a bad person. It doesn't matter what you have done. You know, we made these bad choices because of our addiction. 
And if you go to therapy and if you go to GA or NA or AA or whatever recovery group and you truly, truly want to change, you don't have to make those choices anymore. You don't have to feel shame anymore about anything you do today and going forward. Uh, I am very proud of who I am today. And I'm proud to say I am a recovering addict and a recovering compulsive gambler. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with you if that's who you are too. I know it's hard to get past. I know it's hard to let these things go. But if you don't move forward and if you don't rectify this in yourself, you can never move forward in recovery. It doesn't matter if you've got six months or six years or 60 years. You need to find a way to let go of that shame and work on self-forgiveness. You know, self-forgiveness is not giving yourself a pass. It's realizing the bad choices you've made and forgiving yourself. You know, you didn't do these things. You didn't steal money. You didn't take money. You didn't lie because you are a bad person or you hate the people in your life or you want to hurt your wife or your husband or your partner or your children or whoever in your life you hurt with your addiction. You did these things because we have, uh, we did these things because we have a sickness or whatever you want to call it, a disease. Uh, or if you just want to say we're a little bit different than others, we have an addiction. And once you can come to terms with the fact that you're an addict or you're a compulsive gambler, whatever term you want to use, it doesn't matter. That's when you can move forward. Come to terms with the fact that you're an addict. A, a compulsive gambler and learn and figure out a way to let go of that shame. For me, it was a mixture of being open and honest with my wife and going to therapy and doing the meetings and just a mixture of all of it. You know, if one thing's not working for you, it doesn't mean, you know, you're doing something wrong. There are so many different groups out there. There's smart recovery. Like I said, there's GA, there's problem gambling support groups there's support groups everywhere. There's there's help out there. And you don't have to feel this way anymore. If you're in your early days and you feel like it's never going to get better, I, I get it. At first, I thought I was going to lose everything. I thought I was going to lose my wife, my kids. And that day, I all I could tell myself was, you're a piece of garbage and you deserve this. And that's what I really felt. But I don't feel that way anymore through the help of my wife and my therapists and my support group members. I know I'm a good man and I deserve to be happy. You know, you have to find the things in your life that make you happy. You know, obviously you have to put the fires out, stop the spending, stop the bleeding, as, as everyone says. You also have to find the things in life that you love to do. You know, reconnect with friends, reconnect with your family. For me, I'm a musician. I started playing music just about every single day, writing songs again. And without that addiction in my life and without the, the shame hanging over my head, I can, I can really sit down and enjoy it and enjoy the music that I'm writing and playing. I can really enjoy getting back into my health and fitness, going to the gym, watching myself change and get better and feel better. And like I said, I've never felt this good about myself in my life. I you know, I'm, I'm not happy that I've hurt my wife and some people in my life the way I have, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this has happened because I could not be where I am today mentally if this did not happen. So in the beginning, I know it's impossible to feel happy about your addiction, but 
But I promise you, if you put the work in, you put the steps in, you want to better your life, it will get better. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you've gambled for six months, six years, 60 years, you can get past it. There are so many stories out there of things that, you know, you would think would just completely end your life and your marriage and your relationships. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, like I said, I thought I was going to lose my wife. And now I feel like we're closer than we've ever been. We're more open and honest than we've ever been in our lives. And that's all thanks to, like I said, the therapy and the meetings. And you you can do it. Just put the work in. You know, if you want to email me, I will send you links to, you know, whatever help you you feel the need that you need to get. You know, I've got numbers for gambling councils. Um, there are a lot of good resources out there. Um, so I'll get further into my story in the next podcast um, of my gambling. And then in, in future podcasts, I'll talk about my heroin addictions and my other addictions. And then going from there, we'll just see how it goes. You know, I'm sure I'll have guests on here. But I look forward to doing more of these. You know, I've been been really toying with the idea of doing a podcast, and I wasn't sure when I would do it. But I'm happy I'm starting today. You know, in a few days, I'll be hitting my six-month mark. And I can really say I'm happy today. So I'll start giving you those numbers so you can get some help. And let me know what you think of the show. And I look forward to talking with you guys soon. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-1671.